Welcome to Let's Clear the Air, a podcast sponsored by the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center, dedicated to educating listeners about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Good afternoon. We are back for another episode of Let's Clear the Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Clemens, here with Dr. Lance Potter. Thank you for being here with me today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. I'm so excited just to hear about your background. Do you mind to tell us a little bit where you come from? Well, sure. That's kind of, I mean, that's kind of a funny story sometimes. I grew up in Mississippi, um, lived there until I was a freshman in high school, and then we moved to North Carolina. Um, we moved, like a lot of people, for jobs. My mom was a nurse, so I was exposed kind of early on to nursing and actually nursing education. We moved there, finished high school, then found my way back to uh, Mississippi for undergrad, where kind of oddly I was an English major with a pre-medical focus. I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do. Um, For most of my life I was involved in swimming, coaching swimming, and teaching swim lessons, especially through high school. And so I taught multiple lessons a day, worked with kids. Um, As I got older, continued to coach, go through college, I really felt like I wanted to do something that focused on working with kids. Um, I also had the fortune my really between my sophomore and junior year in college of actually seeing an open heart surgery on a child um, at the Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center and that kind of sold me on the direction I wanted to go. Not necessarily surgery but at least working with children and for me um, going to medical school and being a pediatrician was sort of the ultimate extension of all the things I learned as a you know, swim team coach, uh, swim lessons instructor, and I already had that background of working with kids directly and also sort of indirectly managing their parents or working with their parents as well. So um, that's kind of how I got to medical school. I went to the Wake Forest University School of Medicine, formerly known as Bowman Gray School of Medicine at that time. It changed while we were there, which was interesting because we were all applying for residencies and the name of our med school changed. I was a little different because I was on a what they call a health profession scholarship with the Navy at that time, so I knew my path was going to be a little bit different than others. Um, and so when I graduated from medical school, I started my internship in pediatrics at the Naval Medical Center of Portsmouth, Virginia. Got to spend a year there thinking I was going to do three, but the Navy had other plans. And they said, no, no, some of you guys get to go out and be what we call general medical officers. So I had to choose, do I go out and, you know, be with, you know, like either the Marines and a regular Marine Corps infantry unit? Do I want to go do things with the surface Navy where we go sail on ships and go around the world? Um, Did I want to do other sort of subspecialty duties? And um, I had the fortune to meet um, another uh, physician at the time who was actually a submarine and diving medical officer and he convinced me that with some of the background I had with swimming and some of the other um, interest in just running being physically fit that that might be a good option so was selected for that made my way up to Groton Connecticut and went on an adventure of training in submarine and diving medicine and ultimately ended up out in Washington State working in a clinic but as a hyperbaric uh, diving medical officer, we worked directly with the submarine squadron out there with our local dive lockers. So we got to do hyperbaric medicine, which is actually what most people think about when we talk about bends treatments or recompression treatment. 
We also did some therapy for people with diabetic ulcers or um, ulcers related to radiation therapy. Um, and then part of our job was actually taking care of all the crews on the nuclear submarines that were there. And part of that was riding the nuclear submarines. So we actually would go out periodically. So I did get to go out for five days on a nuclear submarine. And that was uh, an interesting experience. I'll, I'll say sure. that um, I kind of found out there it's a neat, it's a neat group of people. Not sure that um, going out underway three months at a time would necessarily be something I would <laughs> want to do but have the utmost respect for them and certainly learned a great deal from that initial two years in the military and especially about the submarine and diving community um, then I kind of made a u-turn um, still hadn't really figured or committed to what I thought I might do in life I'm still kind of interested in pediatrics but um, from there I went and actually became what they call a flight surgeon with the Navy um, and we actually do get to learn how to fly. We don't do surgery in the air though. We actually take care of the pilots and the air crew and mechanics and become as much of the unit as we can. So that led me to kind of a different sort of tour in the early 2000s. I was at the air station in Atlanta, Georgia just as all the other um, conflicts in Iraq and Afghanistan were beginning to kick off again after 9-11. So um, we were very busy deploying people all over the place, but it was a great chance. I got to travel all over the country um, and actually did some uh, missions off of Cuba and with one of our squadrons. Got to fly in a bunch of different airplanes, and even while I was there, I got to go down and do some work with the shuttles, um, providing medical support to shuttle missions um, out of Patrick Air Force Base and up to the Cape. So, you know, I'm probably one of the few people that's been able to fly in an airplane with the military. Um, I did get to fly in an F-18 on one of our trips and go on a submarine, so I don't have any issues with the breadth of experience I got with the Navy. All that was adult medicine though, right? So I had to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up, um, personally. So I ultimately decided I want to go and finish my pediatrics residency, went back to Portsmouth, um, finished there from, I was there from 2004 to 2007, and I originally thought I was going to be a neonatologist, so a specialist taking care of premature babies. Um, while I was there, I actually had a chance to rotate in allergy immunology, and that completely swayed things for me. It was a chance to see kids, it was a chance to see adults, it was a chance to use everything I'd learned in four years of outpatient adult medicine, but also in my pediatric specialty training, kind of merge all that and you know, also see, sometimes you see the babies, sometimes you see the moms or the dads. I mean, it was just kind of the thing for me and especially with the fact that we did a lot of um, really allergy-related care for our diving and flight communities. A lot of ear, nose, and throat issues, rhinitis, barotrauma, eustachian tube dysfunction. Is this allergies? Is this not? How do you manage allergies in somebody who has to go fly a jet, air, you know, a jet aircraft for the Navy? Um, 
How do you have a diver who can't clear his ears because he's so congested? So a lot of practicality that, you know, I learned in those early years merged with what I learned as a general pediatrician um, and got to expand on that from immune deficiency, asthma management in a way that I really wanted to do that with got to see allergy shots and how that worked for people. Um, got to see neat things like, you know, I'd never seen anybody have a rush desensitization, but we did that for a sailor who fell out of a helicopter um, after he got stung by a bee in a training exercise. So kind of neat stuff. I was hooked. Um, the Navy said, hey, that's great. We're not going to let you do that when you finish. So I went and actually did two years as a general pediatrician at Naval Hospital Jacksonville, um, where that was a very comprehensive sort of two years. We managed babies in the inpatient setting. We had an outpatient, um, busy outpatient clinic, saw a lot of uh, complicated kids, had a great experience, learned a lot, and then finally got to go to Allergy Fellowship in Augusta, Georgia. And that probably is what set the stage for me joining the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center because my office mate my first year was one of our, you know, one of our colleagues, Karthik Krishnan, who, oh, yeah. you know, he and I got to spend a, a good year together. I got to learn it at his feet. Yeah. Um, met a few other people through national meetings. And then when I went back to the Navy and finished for seven, you know, the next seven years, I was the head allergist at Portsmouth Naval Medical Center after fellowship. Um, so got to coordinate all the outpatient teaching, all of our inpatient um, consultations. Um, we managed really everything on the eastern side of the world as far as Navy allergy is concerned. So that was a great time to learn the breadth and depth of adult and pediatric medicine, work with trainees from internal medicine to orthopedics to emergency medicine to ear, nose, and throat colleagues to training our pediatricians that were going all over the world. But through that, I stayed in touch with people at national meetings. And um, when it came time to look for a transition out of the military, this was a natural fit. So you've been all these different places. Why? What brought you here? So Johnson City was um, a place close to home. We're from Winston-Salem. Um, I had, ever since growing up in Mississippi and then seeing mountains for the first time, um, I kind of had this affinity for the southeastern mountains. I like yeah. to mountain bike. I like to be outdoors. So this was a place where the climate, the scenery, the proximity to home, it just kind of all fit. You got and the part whole package. Yeah, sure did. So it was too it was too good a thing to pass up. Now, what could you say that you learned while you were in the Navy that you can kind of take with you here at the Allergy Asthma and Sinus Center? Oh, I think the challenges of um, having, you know, being out in a place where you really have to rely on yourself um, and also those experiences with, you know, just dealing with a variety of patients, you know, from adults to kids. I mean, that really gave me the ability to kind of operate independently, I think. Um, and being here in East Tennessee, you know, definitely going to different locations, it's kind of nice to have all that experience to lean back on and see things. and. And I got to work with a lot of different people going all those different places. So I also got a lot of uh, tricks in my toolkit that I'm not necessarily smart enough to say I thought of on my own, but certainly learned from other folks. Yeah, and I think you've just gotten to see so much. Like, I'm just sitting here thinking all the different things that you must have seen on the ship in a submarine. You said in a helicopter. So just pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, quite the background. 
Yeah, I don't, you know, when we have, uh, when I used to teach residents a little more often and people would ask me about career advice, especially in the Navy, I'd kind of tell them my story and say, it's not necessarily the one that you want to follow, but I don't have any regrets about it. And it certainly gave me a lot of different perspectives about, you know, medicine and um, how to approach things just in general. So I feel like I had a really well-rounded experience and all those things kind of feed in on what we do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so what is it that you treat here at the Allergy Asthma Sinus Center? You went over a little bit about, you know, what's under the umbrella, but kind of go a little bit more in depth. So as a general pediatrician, or former pediatrician, I guess, I mean, I definitely, you know, like to focus on that age group and really bringing, I think, some expertise into the infant category. So I've really kind of a clinical interest of mine is infants with atopic dermatitis and food allergies. So we see those, we, I manage their atopic dermatitis, I manage any food allergies we find, um, and then follow them. Some of those children are definitely at more risk for allergic rhinitis and development of asthma. So being a kind of medical home for them in a sense as they grow up and a place for their parents to feel confident is something that I feel very strongly about. Um, but we see, you know, I see everything really from childhood and adult asthma to atopic dermatitis to immune deficiency to food allergy, um, rare conditions like um, aspirin exacerbated respiratory disease um, to, you know, I guess even contact dermatitis and chronic hives. So I don't, you know, know that there's any limit. I like to see all of it, and it's kind of nice to see that. You know, on a very you know on a varied basis, you don't really know um, what each day may bring. So it's nice to kind of have the ability to be as flexible as possible and and see that that wide variety of patients. Yeah, that's great. So where can we find you? What offices do you go to? So I am in the Kingsport office on Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm in Greenville one day a week on Tuesdays and in Johnson City on Thursdays and Fridays. So I usually know what day of the week it is by where I'm working. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. So thank you so much for being here and we'll yeah. have you on some other episodes. I'm excited to get into food allergy and talk about some other topics, but for now, we'll just go ahead and end it with that. Thank you again, Dr. Potter, for being here. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time on the next Let's Clear the Air. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Clear the Air. Please consider following this podcast. And remember, if you want helpful and accurate information about allergies and asthma, our allergy experts are here to clear the air.